reading Acts chapter 11, um, 1 to 18. The apostle and the believers throughout Judea heard the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Standing from the be- starting, starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from the heaven by its four corners and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And when it was pulled up to, the, to heaven again, right there, right then and there, men who were sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. This six, these six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appeared in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he, has, as he gave us, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? to think that I could stand in God's way. 18 and last, when they heard this, they had no further objection and praised God, saying to them, even to the Gentiles, God has gathered, granted repentance that leads to life. Here endeth the word of God. Joyce, thank you so much. Uh, Isn't it amazing just to hear someone speaking out the word of God like that? Uh, Our speaker today is Izzy Madhavan. Uh, If you know Izzy Madhavan, uh, she's been part of the staff team here for a number of months. And probably all of you would have been on the receiving end of a lot of her work. She is our creative media and comms manager. So if you've ever gone to our website, if you've ever received the monthly email that we send out, all the different things that you often see around the building and on your seats is the work of Izzy. So we are hugely grateful uh, to you. Uh, She also co-leads our older youth and sixth formers on a Thursday night alongside Narek. And uh, she's a bit of a touch rugby fan. Uh, Fun fact about Izzy is she's a trumpeter. 
So little hidden talent as well in there. And uh, we are really, really thrilled that Izzy's going to be speaking uh, today. Now, this is the very first time that Izzy's preached here at St. Mark's and the first time I think that she's preached to a group like this. Uh, And as we've said before, good preaching is made into great preaching by fantastic listening. Okay, so we have got the opportunity today to really encourage Izzy, really get behind her and give her all of our encouragement and thanks today. So would you give a warm welcome to Izzy as she comes to speak. Well, hello. So, I discovered this week that people know something about me that I didn't realize that they knew. And this does happen quite a lot. But this week, I discovered that people found out, or they know, that I love a badge. A team badge, some sort of badge with a pass, a lanyard. I just love it. And people are very aware of it. You see, I grew up going to a lot of Christian festivals. My parents are church leaders and speakers and very involved in a lot of the Christian festivals. And Spring Harvest is one of the main ones that they're a part of, which, if you haven't heard of it, it's kind of similar to Focus. Um, So I grew up going with them, and now that I am older, I now go with them, help them out, and I get a badge myself, which tells me that I am special. And there's no need to analyze it too much. I like a badge because it makes me feel special, and that is the depth of it. (laughs) So on a side note, I went to Big Church Festival recently, and I had a a lovely lanyard, and it was meant to give me access to, like, the nice, non-portly toilets, but it didn't, and I was like, okay. Um... But what a badge normally does is that it gives you access to something. God, in the beginning of the Bible, made it very clear that he wanted everyone on earth to have the opportunity to access him. That all can access God. We can see back in Genesis 12 that when God made his promise to Abraham, saying all people on earth will be blessed through you, he's revealing to Abraham that he wants everyone on earth to have the opportunity to access him. And he intended that Abraham and his family would be a source of blessing to all these people, telling all nations about God and how they can have access to him. However, that didn't really happen. So what did happen? Quite a lot. But in summary, Abraham's descendants eventually became the Jews. And their purpose to be a blessing and a pointer to God got re-understood as we are the chosen ones, we are the special ones, full stop. They had laws put in place that made them holy and clean before God, and that included what they could eat, what they could wear, circumcision, that's what's mentioned in the passage, and alongside other stuff. And then anyone not in the family, the non-Jews or the Gentiles, um, they were seen as unchosen and unclean. It became ingrained in the culture of the Jews that they could access God and the Gentiles could not. The message of all can access God got limited to only the Jews can. Now, we come to this point in Acts. The good news of Jesus is spreading, and the church is beginning to be built. So Jesus had lived. He died for people's sin. He's been raised from the dead, conquering all evil, went back up to heaven, given the Holy Spirit. And the disciples and Jesus' followers are telling people about the good news of Jesus to give them the opportunity to access him. But their approach of spreading the word was still being built upon that same idea that God was for the Jews and not for the Gentiles. They were focusing all their attention on the Jewish people because Jesus was the Jewish Messiah and fulfilled these prophecies and promises. So they were focusing on their their own people and still seeing themselves as the chosen ones and the only ones that could have access to Jesus. 
This is where Jesus steps in and gives Peter very clear instructions through a vision. As we read earlier in Acts 11 verse 5, the vision was a range of animals being lowered down on a sheet from heaven and God telling Peter to kill and eat and then declared three times to not call anything impure or unclean that he has called clean. This is addressing a couple of things. So it's declaring that Jesus is what makes us clean. It's not about the rules or the laws that were fundamental to the Jewish culture. Um, but it's instead, it's about Jesus who made us clean by dying for our sins. And then it goes further than that. So when God says to Peter three times, do not call anything impure that I have called clean, it's probably because he really wants Peter to hear it. And he does care about the culture and looking after our bodies, but what he really cares about is people and relationship with people. And this is what he's referring to, is do not call people unclean that, that God has called clean. And unlike a parent that has to tell their child multiple times before they actually hear, God makes himself quadruply clear by then immediately sending Cornelius, a Gentile, to Peter. And as soon as Peter begins to speak, the Holy Spirit fills them, Jew and Gentile alike. And this also links back to the clear commission Jesus gave in Acts chapter 1 to be God's witnesses to the end of the earth. It was not about making people Jews, but instead just letting people encounter Jesus. This was a pivotal point of Peter realizing that Jesus is for everyone, that all can access God. God wanted them to understand that everyone has the opportunity to access him, and that is what the church should be built on. Now, this was a radical change, a completely different way of thinking for Peter and the, and the other apostles and the believers. And we can see in verse 8 that when Peter first heard what God was saying, he literally said, surely not, which... <laughs> Sounds like something I would say, to be honest. Um, but their way of thinking was so ingrained in their culture and their very being that they were the chosen ones. They were the ones that made themselves clean before God. The fact Jesus was equally calling the Gentiles clean and chosen and that they had the same access to God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. It was a complete reorientation. Jesus was way bigger and way wider than they had ever understood or realized. Them understanding that all can access, that all people can access God through Jesus, it, it would have been quite a struggle. So it was such a change. But God gave Peter a clear vision and was clearly touching Gentile lives. It was filling them with the Holy Spirit. Peter was walking in faith and trusting God. And we can see that in the way that he defends God's grace to the apostles in Acts 11. This was one of the most pivotal moments for the early, early church. And probably the only reason that we're still here today, being given the opportunity to access God. So now we know that Jesus is not just for the Gentiles. No, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well, but for all people. But when we hear all can access God, we can still miss what that means. In the same way that in Bible times they found it difficult to realize that God would equally save the unthinkable and build the church on a mixture of people, we can also find that difficult to understand for ourselves in the present day. The story of, of Peter and God saying, do not call anything unclean that I have called clean, is also written in the Bible three times, which probably definitely means that God also wants us to hear this today. It can be so easy to subconsciously or consciously find ourselves restricting who we share the love and good news of Jesus with. We can focus on people like us and easily skip over the different 
different people, different educations, different nationalities, social status, or if someone has a disability. As I mentioned before, my parents are church leaders. My mum is a speaker and a writer and does lots of the Christianese stuff. And my dad is a Baptist minister, and they're currently based in Bristol, and they're both really great. Um, my dad, one thing about my dad is that he is register blind. So he has a strain of RP, which he can see about 1% or 2% in pure daylight. He could see a bit more as we were growing up, um, but it kind of just gets worse and worse over time until it goes to nothing. But for me and my sister, it's kind of just a part of life, having a dad that can't see. And we have been his guide and his eyes many times. Um, and so I now help him out at the event like Spring Harvest, where he will lead and preach and teach in front of hundreds and thousands of people. He is very intelligent. He just can't see. And it's really interesting to see how people can view and treat him just because of a disability, especially if they haven't heard him talk or actually talk to him. We can be stood in a group of people and they act as if he doesn't exist. They can ask me questions about him when he's stood right there. They can treat him as like he's unintelligent or dumb. People will avoid him in the streets and look at his stick with a bit of confusion and intrigue. And it may sound extreme, but it does seem that some people can kind of just forget that he is an equal human. On the plus side, me and dad are going to Thorpe Park in a couple of weeks' time, and I'll get to skip all of the queues. <laughs> and I'll maybe get a badge, we'll see. But unintentionally or intentionally, our attitude towards people can be very similar. We can rule people out, and when it comes to telling people about Jesus, we restrict access to those who we perceive as chosen or worthy. We all have blind spots towards people, and we really must identify them. A thing I learned recently was about biases, and it was actually really insightful. I was told about the conscious and unconscious biases that we have in our minds towards groups of people. And I personally found this really interesting and challenging to identify the biases that I had and I, and I still have and what I can do to remove them. I'll give you a very small snapshot of what I learned. Um, but our conscious bias are our views and prejudice that we are aware of and our unconscious bias refers to our attitudes and stereotypes we hold against people without really realizing it. The biases can be broken down a lot further, but I'll just give a few. So an affinity bias, which is gravitating towards people who are like us in some way, whether that's characteristics, backgrounds, interests. An age bias, beauty, disability, gender, race, many others. And I found it really challenging, but revealing to think about what are the blind spots and biases that I have? Who are the people that I am overlooking and labeling unchosen? Who is God calling me to love? I wonder what it would look like as a church community and as individuals to spend time asking God to reveal these biases and blind spots that we have, as we do all have them. And this is what God's referring to when he says, do not call anything unclean that I say is clean. In other words, do not call anyone unworthy that I have called worthy. Worthy of his blessing, worthy of his calling, worthy of his love. We need to know that we are worthy, and we also need to know that those around us are also worthy. 
Being a Jesus follower means that we are called to identify the biases we have against people and with God's help, actively work against them and hopefully remove them. The more we turn to God and build relationship with him, the more we will understand his desires and see people how he sees people. Alongside identifying our internal barriers that we create, it's all, we also need to be aware of the external barriers that are present in our culture that prohibit people from knowing what they have worth, knowing that they are loved, knowing that Jesus loves them. And when there are barriers for races, genders, disability, social economic backgrounds, all of that stuff, they, they need to be addressed because, to put it bluntly, they're against the work of God who made it very clearly that he wants all people to have access to him. And some people have more barriers than others, which is why we have to be aware and be very intentional and very sensitive so all people can hear the good news of Jesus and encounter him and find that true meaning in life. Making a way for those who are naturally overlooked um, is a model that Jesus gave us and demonstrated to us. We can see that in the way that he raised women up equally to men in a time where that wasn't the culture or how he touched people with diseases, even though it was seen as unclean or unholy, or how he used a Samaritan woman to be the first evangelist, even though the Jews famously hated the Samaritans. Jesus made it very clear that all can access him. Peter was a bridge between the Jews and the Gentiles, and we need to step in faith and be that bridge today. And when Peter stepped in faith, the Holy Spirit immediately showed up, and as followers of Jesus, we are still called to give people that opportunity today. So we've been invited in to shape, as a part of shaping God's kingdom. And that could look like a range of things. It could be volunteering somewhere to give the opportunity to share a bit of Jesus and a bit of his love in not our usual circles. Or removing some barriers like providing lyrics um, for, for worship so people with a wider range of abilities can, can, can see the words. It's about being really open about being quick to learn, quick to listen. It's the big and the small things that actually really make that difference. God's plan and vision is an incredible thing. Jesus is so much bigger and wider than they could have ever anticipated back in Bible times. And he is still so much more than we could ever comprehend now. He continues to stretch out his love more than we could ever imagine. And if we know that all people can access God, we need to live in that truth. And we must be bold. We must listen to where God is leading us and step in faith, just as Peter did. And we have the Bible to guide us and the Holy Spirit. Let's keep readjusting our eyes to him, challenging our own thinking, asking God to reveal the blind spots within us. And keep letting Jesus define who we are and those around us. This is not a burden. It is a privilege to have the opportunity to not hoard our blessings, but to share it with the world. This is a time to celebrate, just as they did back then. That God says all can access. That God says that we are special, with or without a badge. We are called to bring and celebrate diversity. So let's remember to remember that through Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, that we all can access God. And that was God's plan from the very beginning. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you love each and every one of us. I thank you that Jesus came to die for us and led the way on how to love people. I pray that you will challenge us and reveal the blind spots that we have. And I pray for you to give us your guidance and your wisdom. 
Lord, help us to step out in faith. May our hearts stay open to you, and may you remain in the center of all that we do. Amen.